a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, the podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but their humble, holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I'm excited for you to meet them. Today's guest is a wonderfully dynamic, creative, jack-of-all-trades who embodies youthful exuberance, optimism, and energy. Despite his quietly advancing age, you've got more, <laughs> dude, you've got more gray hair than I do. Uh, his wide-ranging career has taken him everywhere from beaches to nightclubs to boardrooms of Fortune 100 companies. But more importantly, he's a devoted husband, a doting father, and a dang good friend. Welcome today's Mana Man, not to be confused with P. Diddy because he's the original Puffy. <laughs> Mr. Sean John Wilson. Hey, Sean John. Hey. I don't know that I've ever called you Sean John <laughs> since we've met. Sean John quickly uh, was uh, was um, sort of uh, given. I'm thinking. Of, I'm trying to think of a more fancy verb than given, but uh, he took on the nickname Puffy at, at a very early stage in our, it was our quick. relationship. Yeah, that yes. was quick. It mm-hmm. was. Uh, I think. Uh, the official announcement of the introduction to the organization that we were at at the time. And there's a hundred people standing around and you called out someone that needed a new nickname. And that's right. And that was it. And so I'm very fortunate to be one of the few people that actually, that actually know that story and still refer to you as such. So anyway, (laughs) great to have you on the, on the podcast. And, um, you know, there are, as with all of our guests, uh, all of our guys, um, there are so many things that, that we could be talking about and we will cover, uh, throughout the course of this podcast, but but you know where I like to start with all of our guests, um, because you're all great men of faith, but you all have distinct kind of unique things that have inspired me mm-hmm. as as a as a follower of Christ, and and so I like to start by asking about that one thing, and that's the one thing that uh, that our guests, even though they're prepped on the kinds of questions that I'm going to be <laughs> asking, this is the one question you don't know, you have no idea mm-hmm. what I'm even going to be asking here, so we'll hopefully. You know, your answer is gonna, <laughs> not going to be like, really? <laughs> but one thing that, the one thing, or one of the things that, that I've always admired so much about you, Puffy, is, and is your, like, beyond normal devotion. Because um, I think a lot of, a lot of men of faith, um, uh, not that they have to be married, but a lot of men of faith are married. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. sharing their life. They're walking through this life mm-hmm. with somebody that, that, you know, God has kind of put in their path and they've been wise enough to recognize that and, and they're together. But I, ever since I've known you and and I have been truly humbled and inspired by your over-the-top devotion to your wife and, <laughs> and everything, I mean, and even as we were coordinating this this interview, you're like, well, you know, I got to check with the boss. And I mean, and you say it in a playful way and everybody, you know, kind of says, but, but, Every step of your life has been in partnership mm. with your wife. Everything. I mean, mm. the, the, the great moments that I've had a chance to at least be part of some of them, the crappy moments that unfortunately we all have that, that, that none of us have enough people with us mm. when we need them. But, 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 you, but the partnership and 
and and the blessed kind of partnership that that I've seen throughout the years with your wife has just been something that is honestly just mm. it's always made you stand out. And so I'd love to know, um, <laughs> and I'd love our listeners to kind of just hear a little <clears throat> bit about. I mean, you know, uh, you don't have to go all the way back to well, here's how we met, but but how? But that's the best part. <laughs> it, it, it is, but, and 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 I guess you know. So give us a little bit of that background, but then if you can share a little bit of like where did. Where did the where did the manifestation of your faith come in your marriage? Mm. You know, because that that and has it been an intentional thing? Mm-hmm. Like, an, okay, we're gonna, you know, or is it just one of these divine, mm. just yeah. amazing, remarkable things that because it, it, it emanates from both of you, and yeah. and obviously you've got a great you've got great kids and 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 the like, but it all starts with that with that partnership, that marriage. And it's so, it's just so wonderful. So just love to have you talk about that a little bit and, and how that's been just a, a glowing manifestation of your faith. Yeah. So, um, so just actually this past November, we celebrated 21 years mm-hmm. of marriage, which, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is legal drinking age for marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of frightening when you think about it. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> but no, my wife is, uh, my wife's amazing woman. Um, her first name is Cherry, just like the fruit, as we say. So we're surrounded by uh, rock stars or rap stars and, <laughs> and fruit in our household. But um, but no, we we met. Um, we actually met at the beach. She was uh, she was a nanny, and I was a lifeguard. And actually, my fellow lifeguard, who was the best man in our wedding, um, took met her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like he said during, uh, I think our wedding was, you know, the, the best day of Cherry's life is when she met Sean John and the best day of Sean John's life is when he met Cherry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but what's interesting, um, what's interesting, I guess, uh, from a marriage perspective and, and, uh, our relationship and our walk with Christ, um, is that I was not, um, at that time, really connected to the church at all. Um, I would say that God put her in my life to bring me back. Um, was she really into it? Is that, yeah. So she was, um, she was a college student at Bethel. Um, so if those that are listening know Greg Boyd, uh, Woodland Hills church, (laughs) um, he was a, a professor there while she was going to school there. And she, um, she was actually into going to church there really liked his message and she came from a church home. Her father was actually a minister, Church of Christ. Um, and I had really not been practicing or going to church really since probably eighth grade in uh, junior high. And so I would say that quite frankly, it was Cherry and her family mm. that brought me back to church. Yeah. And I would say that um, that our relationship, you know, and, and the reason why um, we continue to to work through our marriage, and we're still working. I mean, really working, mm-hmm. you know, from from day to day, week yeah. to week, month to month. Um, you know, it, it is it is the church and the foundation. Um, that we kind of sit on, mm-hmm. um, that, y- you know, makes it, makes us through. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, was that when you guys were dating, like how evident was that at the time that, okay, this is what I'm going to be signing up for? Or was it kind of a, 
you know, was it just sort of in the background and it was just kind of always there and, yeah. and, and you just sort of like kind of flowed back into it or, or yeah. was there ever a, all right, listen, dude, like if we're doing this, like this is going to be how we're going to, this is, this is how we're going to live. Yeah. You know? No. Um, and again, I don't know if, if your listeners want a dose of reality, right? This is <laughs> the place that I was in, in my life at that time. She told me where she went to school, which, mm -hmm. um, is a private Christian yeah. school. Yeah. Fairly um, conservative. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. conservative. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as conservative of, <clears throat> as, as the, you know, the school across the, across the lake, one of the lakes that I have a lifeguarded at. But, um, but when I first met her, she told me, I, you know, that was part of the, I guess the pickup line at the yeah. time, right? Where do you go to school? Who are you? I mean, we're, yeah. we're all college students or, or quickly out of that lifeguarding. I mean, we dated a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she told me where she went to school and to answer your question, I tested her. Like, I think I started swearing. I think I, <laughs> I, I wanted to see if she was going to run, run away, right? Like I, I totally no, put right, on the bad boy yeah. attitude. Like, okay, let's drop a couple of, yeah, right, you know, right, right, right. words here or there that might get her on nerve and see if, uh, if she would flinch. Yeah. And she didn't. In fact, she was just, she probably laughed under her breath. I know yeah. we've talked about it a couple of times where she was like, yeah, you were testing me. You mm -hmm. wanted to see if I was just going to like huff and puff away yeah. or and, and it wasn't, that wasn't actually the person that I, I don't think that I was at yeah. the time, but, um, you do weird things when you're testing the yeah. water with people that you're about to date sure. or you think you might have an interest in. Yeah, sure. And that was one of mine. Like I went off the rails in a way that I probably wouldn't have because I wanted to see if she was the prototypical private yeah. Christian college uppity I'm better than thou kind mm -hmm. of gal yeah and um so you're kind of that counterbalance you're like trying to sort of like see yeah it's like ditch to ditch like it, how far it, over is the ditch you it know? totally yeah. was that and looking back on it now thankfully she didn't take the, <laughs> exactly she, she, she didn't bite <laughs> she right didn't run the other way no right? she was just like oh no that's silly <laughs> that silly lifeguard um but um no we dated and went out and uh it wasn't much longer. We were sitting on a paddle boat in the middle of Como Lake singing show tunes. And yeah. I remember looking over at her. Um, I think we were on our third or fourth date. And I said, I'm going to marry this girl. I, yeah. I, I knew it. That's I cool. just knew it. And so, so when did the, and, and you know, was there ever, because you grew up in the church and then maybe felt, I mean, we all go through adolescence and whatever. And yep, it's just yep. like, it's not the first thing, you know, top of mind. Was there a moment then either, either, you know, uh, during, you know, after you're engaged, yep. preparing for marriage, uh, or the wedding or, or after that you realize that, okay, God, like, did you know that you were being brought back to yeah. the church in the, in, in Immediately. the real time? You did. Immediately. Okay. okay. I, I'm, I, I'm in fact, I remember during our, our wedding, you know, as you're throwing out the complimentary, thank you, dad, thank you, mom, thank you, father-in-law, thank you, yeah. mother-in-law all of those things. I, I remember specifically looking at her father, who again was a former minister, um, and her mother and her, and her family and, and saying thank you to them for bringing, helping me, yeah. not bringing me back, but helping me find Christ again. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know that it was, it was truly the hand of God that put her in my life. Um, and, and, I think maybe a little bit more pointed on your question, like at what point, um, you know, it wasn't probably a week or two after I 
you know, kind of prodded her and swore at, <laughs> not at her, but like used, you know, whatever language that was unbecoming of a, a, a probably a private mm-hmm. Christian college school student. Um, um, we went to church and I remember sobbing um, as we were singing praise songs and mm-hmm. singing something that I, I love to do. And, and I just remember like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. And now granted, I think certain churches have different, you can feel, um, you can, you, you, you can feel the Holy Spirit working through churches from time to time. Yeah. Some maybe a little bit more, um, more pronounced than others. Yeah. This particular church, it was moving or at least it was moving with me yeah. that day. And yeah. I just remember weeping and, um, and then I think we were going to church fairly religiously, yeah. no pun intended, um, um, pretty much every weekend thereafter. Yeah. Um, and it was just something that I, I, did, I didn't desperately, I desperately didn't know how desperately I needed it yeah. until wow. I was in it. Right, right. Um, well, that what being a great said, dimension, you know, of the courtship and then the marriage. It's like, you know, we talk a lot about it on this podcast about how the, the tendency that we have just as a society, and especially guys, I don't know why guys are so dumb sometimes. We tend <laughs> to like want to compartmentalize everything. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I got my I got my friends, I got my college friends, I got my high school friends, I got my work, I got my play, I got my, and then I got, I got church over here somewhere, right. if it's there at all. And, right. you know, right. and for a lot of guys, you know, I think it is, but it's, but it's very, it's in its place. And, and, and the notion of, of a romantic relationship incorporating the faith sounds a little like a little bit of a buzzkill. You know, it's like, what do you mean? Like, we're in love. It you know, was at times. You know, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but what a neat way, you know, when you talk about going to, going to church and, and singing, and it, it, it really should be, and it can be just such a cool compliment to an already great relationship. You know, it's mm. like instead of it being mm-hmm. this other little piece over here, it's like mm-hmm. bring it, bring it in and integrate. And I see that with your whole family, I mean, with your kids. And, and so now if your kids were here, um, uh, and I don't know if they know that dimension of, of your, of your courtship, would mm-hmm. they see you and would, would they, would they see, cause you know, um, at the, at the beginning of, the, of this story, some listeners might've been like, Oh, okay. It's one of these stories where, you know, the love of a good woman <laughs> brought the, you know, got, <laughs> kind of that traditional kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, the, the dad who was trying to sleep in during church or whatever. But like today, <laughs> would your kids probably see, because you're so, you're so um, bold in your faith and, and, and yet not overbearing. Um, I would imagine that your kids see both you and Sherry equal parts, you know, uh, living this very Christ-centered kind of life. But again, even when you say Christ-centered, it's like, ooh, that sounds kind of churchy. Mm-hmm. Not, not overly churchy, but... Do they see equal parts uh, driver or, or, or have you, have you, you know, turned into more of the bus driver now? Oh, no, like, no, no, no. And <laughs> I will never, I, I, I will not claim that um, yeah. as far as driving it. And in, in fact, that's probably, I think there's been an, uh, you know, maybe an area of, of struggle because um, my wife came from such uh, um uh, a spiritually centered male, spiritually centered, like he mm. was, dad was head of the household for them. Um, you know, truly a servant of the Lord as a minister, mm-hmm. um, you know, church of Christ can, 
sometimes be a little bit legalistic and in, in, in thoughts and belief. Not always. Um, in fact, you know, we've belonged to a Church of Christ in, in the past. Um, and and so, so I would say that she's actually driven the spiritual formation um, within our family. Um, if you asked, and you did ask, um, what the kids would say, I would say that there's been an element of dysfunction from mm. time to time. Um, you know, and, and I, I want to, for being real, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- there's times where we couldn't be more worldly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's important to realize that spiritual, spirit, at least my spirituality lives in a constant conflict with a fallen world yeah, with totally. this, with this world. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, as much as I would like to say that I'm a, you know, steadfast follower, um, I remember getting up and <laughs> probably not the, it was a, it was a moment of, of realism, but as I'm standing up in front of a church leading prayers of the church, mm-hmm. um, I rem, I remember being conflicted that Sunday morning and saying, you know, in front of the church, probably not the most appropriate time. Sometimes we hate God. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that might've wow. not been the most appropriate <laughs> thing as I'm leading prayers yeah, of the church yeah. to be honest and say, yeah. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Um, things that are happening in my life, you know, I don't have a great filter all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't love God. Right. right. It's it, just because I can hate my wife yeah. on any given day, any given minute and same for her yeah. doesn't mean that I don't love her unconditionally. Right. I, d- I do. Right. Yeah. But well, and whether it's a battle, because it is a constant battle, uh, you know, whether you think of it in, as in terms of that, it's kind of like in boxing, you know, 10, ten, ten rounds of boxing, some of the rounds you're going to get your butt kicked. <laughs> and you can still win, and even though you got your, you know, lunch handed to you in round three. So whether it's that battle or, you know, uh, when I've, um, I've had the opportunity to teach confirmation and, and, and talk to young people and, and, and old people uh, about just kind of the ebbs and flows of faith, you know, and one of the visuals that I use is if you, if you took a look at your life year by year and plotted kind of peaks and valleys of just when you felt totally engaged and lit up and just like, you know, Jesus is just walking right next to you every Mm. day. Mm -hmm. And then other days where you feel like you are just completely alone or just out in the desert or just of the world Mm -hmm. and only of the world, you know, most of us are gonna, we're not all going to be rocking the 10 above the line for our whole life. It's just, it's, that's not how it works. You know, yeah. you know, you have the dips and, and whether you know you're in a dip at the time or not, um, I think the important thing is just to know that like you're going to have those moments, you know, and, and you're just working, we're all working mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. to just, just try to stay above the line, you know. <laughs> and when you are below it, then what are you doing to get above it? But, but I think that real. I think that's what I, my hypothesis is: is is the fear of being real like that, like you were, is actually what keeps people away from expressing or demonstrating their faith at all. You know, mm-hmm. because they feel like, okay, unless I can be, you know, cherubic all the time and all inciting scripture and, you know, right. and, and, and not, not only going to church, but being on the church council and being in the choir. And if I, if I can't commit to doing that or I don't have confidence I can do that all the time, then 
I'm just going to opt out mm-hmm. versus saying, no, I'm going to get in the ring, go back to my boxing metaphor. I'm going to get in. I'm going to run the risk of sometimes getting beat down and, 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 you know, uncontrollably bleeding or spitting or, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, but I think, and I think if we, if, if all of us, but I don't know, especially guys, I feel if we just had more confidence in that and knowing that when you said that in front of that congregation, that most people, you know, either felt, you know, relieved that somebody was that real or was, were feeling very, um, uh, helpful. Like they wanted to, they wanted to be there for mm-hmm. you, you know? And, and I think, or threatened, yeah. I would say, I, I mean, I can say with certainty because it was followed by me, of course, apologizing to the lead pastor, <laughs> like in email and via phone, like a day later saying, yeah. I'm so sorry that, you know, if, if, and, and he said, you know what, someone, someone in the audience that day, someone in the seats that day needed to hear it, yeah. needed to hear someone be real. Yeah. And that's why we have different people lead the prayers of the church. That's why we have different people come up, you know, and witness because yeah. not everybody is walking the same. In fact, none of us walk the same path, but, yeah. but someone is probably struggling the same way you were that day. Yeah. And it's true. It's, yeah. it's, it's true. You just have to, you just have to know that, ooh, as you said, you know, sometimes we're in the valley and sometimes we're on top of the mountaintop. Yeah. And, um, and if you're preaching from the mountaintop, you gotta, you gotta know that there's going to be someone that might be preaching from the valley too. Yeah. And that day I was yeah. preaching from the valley. Yeah. That's so great. So great. So, so, uh, we've got a, we've got a little fun segment, uh, uh, portion of our or show here that that is miserably um, titled. Uh, I don't have any better. So you're a branding guy. You're a marketing guy. I could mm-hmm. use some help with uh, with some of this stuff. And so these are just kind of fun little questions to provoke some uh, some more conversation. And um, so fun segment number one: uh, If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, for all listeners. Uh, all of the guests get a, a fairly decent idea of the kinds of questions that are going to be asked. These questions, they know exactly what these questions are. So, <laughs> if, uh, so if, if if Sean John blows it, tries no. to, well, if you just try to feign like, oh, oh hmm, that's, well, that's really that's an question. interesting question. Give me some time to think it out about right that. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So fun segment, question number one. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and wanted to hang out, mm-hmm. what would you do with him? So... I immediately thought of fishing, wine tasting, <laughs> and water skiing, yeah. right? I could do one without, you know, skis. I could, you know, get one fish and eat for months and wine tasting. I mean, who go. better to go sure, with, right? It's exactly. got to be good. <laughs> but that wouldn't be it. That wouldn't be it. Actually, I um, I did think about this one a little bit. And so, you know, guys generally, generally relate by doing, right? And some of my, there's there's two things that I love that I love to do, um, that always turn out to be like great conversation times. One is downhill skiing. Cause you're mm-hmm. at least here in Minnesota, you're always on a chairlift. Yeah, totally. So you're talking <laughs> all the time, so which, true. which would be kind of cool to go skiing with Jesus. But, um, but really the one that I would do would, um, would be a road trip. M- one of my fondest memories with my father who's still alive um, was when I was being relocated with work and we drove from Minneapolis to Arizona together because I needed to get a car. One of the cars was being transported by the company. The second car wasn't. So yeah. my father and I drove and um, 
we had the best conversation for two days. Yeah. Um, because once you get through an hour to two hours in a car, there's no more small yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't think You're I can out. make small talk with Jesus for, yeah. you know, yeah. after two hours, yeah. you know, yeah. tell me about heaven. I also wonder, things. yeah, because I always said, uh, you know, there's something about, um, and actually I see this, I see this even when I drive our, our girls around, um, but it's my, it's on me, is there's something about windshields that that and when you're driving and yep. you have to look straight ahead yep you can't make eye contact yep. you know we're making eye contact here yep. because we know each other so long we love talking but most guys yeah just they need that that sort of straight ahead and it's an then, invisible wall yes and then all of a sudden just stuff flows that's know? right and uh that's so right that would be really cool i, I think wonder. i'd be a less intimidated by jesus <laughs> sitting in you know my passenger seat of my Ford Flex, you know, going across the mountains. At least he's like, you know what? My dad really screwed up when he made this particular animal, right? right? Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would just be kind of a, like, what would be on his mind yeah. as we're driving across yeah. the countryside? Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, because I'm sure at some point I'll figure out the meaning of life, maybe. Hey, you could no, get it in I, between 7-Eleven stops. That's, that's right. Awesome. That's right. All right, fun segment question number two. Um and, uh, and so this one, you can't, the, the guy can't, you can't use, uh, your answer can't be Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. I should have clarified this. But if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, mm. who would it be? Yeah, so I actually, I totally forgot to read that question. So now <laughs> I, I am making this one up. Um, uh, living or dead, um, who would it be? You know, so the it's first thing, be a guy. it's gotta be, it's a guy. gotta be a guy. Yep. So like the first thing that pops into my mind would be, um, like some sort of rock and roll star that would be completely offensive in a church to see what the church is truly about. Not to see mm-hmm. this guy, oh, yeah. but like what would happen if Sean John brought Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> or Marilyn Manson yeah. or someone that who is typically decided like, I don't. And I'm making this up. These guys yeah. might be the most yeah. religious folks in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't think they are, but yeah. but what would it be like to bring someone in there, not to hear only their response? And if they were truly open to listening to it, right? Yeah. I don't want to bring someone in there just to be for um, the spectacle, for the spectacle of, yeah, of it, yeah. but, but truly to get a perspective of someone that does not or did not grow up in the church yeah. or... Um, to hear their perspective, and then probably more important to see how your church, quote unquote, family, the establishment reacts. Because I don't think, I think churches um, are generally the most segregated places in America. Tell me how many, how many, if you're in, for me, you know, I, I pretty much go to a lot of white churches. I mean, well, it's Minnesota. (laughs) It's not that diverse. (laughs) But generally speaking, um, churches generally tend to be very homogenous. People that think the same, people that believe the same, they want to fit in the same kind of groups. And I think that that can be a detriment um, to growth. Like in business, we want people of different cultures, of different faith, of different ideas, of different backgrounds, because we grow from that. We come up with better ideas. I mean, you know, whether I'm coming up with a, a new cereal or a new battery or a new whatever kind of campaign. I need someone else to say that doesn't re- relate to me at all. That, 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 that does not resonate. Yeah. So why is it that we go to churches where everybody talks the same, yeah. kind of looks the same, generally believes the same. 
I think we do ourselves a disservice. Yeah. And I think that, but it's hard, right? I mean, it, in, in, in my background, we didn't talk about that. Like I've, I grew up in a Methodist church, a Lutheran church, a number of non-denominational churches, evangelical people t- speaking in tongues, people falling on the floor, wow. um, people that sat in pews. Yeah. Um, so you probably have more of a range. Right. Of, so, of, yeah. Yeah. And, and, people, yeah. and from every church that I ever went to, um, whether it was for a few months or a few years or a, a, an extended number of years, um, they all brought a different perspective, yep. you know, like yep. the re- religiosity or, the, you know, of, of a cadence of a, of a script of a, of a habit, um, the religiousness of, of religion, mm-hmm. right? Like this is doctrine. This is how yeah. we go through these yeah. things versus being maybe in an evangelical, very open, free flowing Baptist type feel where it, it feels like there's no script yeah. and we're never leaving, you know, <laughs> we're here for five hours. I don't know what's going on, but right. brilliant in its, in, in the nature of we're here because we love God. We yeah. love Christ. But I think that challenge, getting back to the, your answer, I think I think that is a great challenge for all church communities is that, you know, it's the welcoming of, of the other, you know, because the communities, and it's natural that, you know, communities are formed and, and, and they stay formed and they deepen because of what, you know, more of what they have in common than what they have different. So, right. you know, they probably, that's just, that happens. But then that, but then the, 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 the true sort of strength grace of, of any community is then how it, ex- how it welcomes the, the kind of the stranger, you know? Right. It's a great story that, um, I'd heard from a amazing priest, um, in up in, up in Duluth and he, 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 I'm going to pack this, but he, par- to paraphrase it, it's a story of this, uh, this woman who has this amazing conversion experience where she just is so lit up with, with now, with now Jesus. And, and then the question that, that, uh, that the priest asks is, all right, so now you've got somebody who is so just on fire. I mean, just cannot, and, and just, and wants, to, and, and say, okay, now, now what do I do? Mm. You say, well, uh, you go to church and say, okay, so now you've got this person who is just, they've never been in, but they're so full and they're just, they can't wait. Now, if that person walked into your church, your church, okay, not a church, not a, not a, not a uh, theoretical church or, mm-hmm. but your church, how would your church now welcome that person in? Because they are they are like ready, <laughs> and and when they got to your church, would they be like, "All right, here we go," or would they be like, "Really? Like this is it? Like you know, right. like how much of a gap <laughs> would be created?" <laughs> and so so whether it's our big participants participate in the bake sale. Yeah. You're like, well, wait, hold on a second. Exactly. I wanted to go save the yeah, world. Hang on. <laughs> pie? One pie at a time. Exactly. Right, right, right. All right, last, uh, last fun segment question. Uh, and this kind of gets back to our little theme of, of, of the show. If you had one piece of advice uh, to give a young man, and it could be Truman or it could be just yep. any just uh, uh, pretend young man, <laughs> um, about being comfortable living in his faith, and specifically as comfortable as you are. And just because that really is the point of this whole effort is to, ha- is to help other guys, you know, hear guys like you that are just not overbearing and not, not pushy, but just comfortable, comfortable talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're now talking to a young man 
early on in life, what kind of advice would you give him at that early age to develop the kind of, the kind of uh, presence and comfort that you have uh, in your faith? Well, I think the, the first thing that anyone has to do is um, they have to understand a, a little bit about themselves, right? Like um, throughout, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, you're, you're trying to discover who you are. Right. I think it's unfair for for um, an adult to say to a, a young person, like, be comfortable. <laughs> right. it, 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 my son and I love my son with all of my heart. He he is he is a self-professed wallflower. He's like, Dad, I don't I don't want to stand out. I don't I I, I really would rather have people not um you know, not make eye contact with me. I, I kind of like being in the shadows yeah. and, and being my own person. So, so to be comfortable in your own faith means you have to be comfortable in your own skin first. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I've lived my life is, um, and, and one of the things that I bring into work every day is that, and I've said this in exiting emails out to, to work families that I've left that mm-hmm. I've always said that, um, my goal in any position, in any career, and in general life is that I want people to be no worse off because they had an interaction with me throughout their career, throughout that day, specifically day by day, hour yeah. by hour. If I make someone someone feel really, really bad because I yelled at them uncharacteristically because they've, well, because I was just being a bully. Yeah. Um, then I have gone against my own personal kind of credo, right? Mm. So <clears throat> how do I live within my faith is I, I am spreading light by my personal actions every day, every minute, every hour. Mm. So if any person that I come in contact with at any point, at any minute, at any hour, if I give them a smile, if they feel no worse than from the moment that they met me that yeah. day or that hour, yeah. then then I'm okay. But truly my goal is to make them feel better. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's my light. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and it's, it's, to me, it's very, it's, it's difficult to live out, but it's a very simple credo for me to, to live by is like, I know when I walk out of room, like I made those people feel really good or I was a real boob, yeah. right? Like I, I screwed <laughs> yeah. that up. Yeah. And, and that was not, that was not Jesus led. Mm-hmm. That was not coming from a place of love or yeah. compassion. And so if I'm talking to if I'm talking to my son or any young person for that matter, it's like, how do I live out my faith? Yeah. You know, I mean I don't like, you know, going by the golden rule, treat other people, but it kind of is that way. Like just, you know, be a light. Yeah. Be someone that people want to try to be around, mm-hmm. even if you're shy. You know, my son is extremely shy. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but people want to be around you. They like to hear what you say. Why? You don't, you're not threatening. You don't come at anybody in hate. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to them. You care for them. Mm-hmm. And, and care for them might just be listening. Yeah, right. Right? So, so well, I, I don't know if I'm answering yeah. the question. No, you are. And I think, I think the connection is that, you know, you're describing a lot of things that a lot of people uh, would, wouldn't necessarily ascribed to being faith-filled, you know, right. they did, they just, they sort of, that's a know, good person. They say, well, that's just a good person. Oh. But what's cool is, is you're, you're actually making the connection that says, no, that 
I'm a good person because of that. Like that, right. that light that you're showing, it's, 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 it's no, di- it's, it's no different than, you know, the Matthew 25, you know, well, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. Well, so it's, you know, it, it's like you're living, you know, you're living, uh, your faith in, in living well, you know, and, in, mm-hmm. in, in just being that, mm-hmm. you know, gracious and, and not, and, uh, not that every, every time you're nice, you're like, oh, that, that was a Jesus thing. I, I was just like, you don't have to be thinking of every yeah. time like that. But that is, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And, well, and you, you know, the hardest part about that. So I'm going to tie this right back to the beginning of, of your intro is that the person that I struggle the most with, right, is the person that's closest to me. And that's my wife. Yeah. Right. So, so she sees, she sees, she knows she's felt when I have been not the person that's yeah. living by my personal credo, by, by not shining a light. Mm-hmm. She's seen the ugly part of, of quite frankly, what, what Satan, what, what a fallen world will do to you when yeah. the pressures of life and the pressures of spiritual warfare, of, of, of all of those things that come into it. Mm-hmm. So as I say that, I hope that whoever may be listening, understands that the people that are probably closest to us are the the ones that are probably most impacted by the ways that we're not yeah, living out right. how we say it. Because you're very you're very um in tune with I'm very in tune with it when I'm out and about. I have a certain mask yeah, on sure. when I'm in church, when I'm mm-hmm. at work, when I'm with friends that are friends of friends. Yeah. When you're with your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, mm-hmm. your significant others, the people that you know traditionally won't walk away from you mm-hmm. when you show the ugly truth about yourself. Yeah. Those are the ones I think that are the hardest ones to live your faith with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time the ones that are most impacted by. Totally. totally. So yeah. I don't know. Well, no, and they are the ones also that that are the most uh thankfully their their radars are most finely tuned right. to to being there and, and seeing that and uh you know it's kind of you know it's, it's our job as husbands as dads <clears throat> you know our job is to help everybody close to us and and to lean on everybody close to us to get each other into heaven you know right. and and you can't and sometimes angeling you know <laughs> being an angel is being a is being more like uh uh Michael, was he the angel that like kicked ass? <laughs> yeah, you got to fight, you know, right. back to that fighting thing. And so I do, I, I hear you because I think sometimes those, those moments, those sides that we show to the people the closest to us, are are the most they're the least attractive, you know. Right. But, but they're the most real. And there's the right. theme for this is just being real, and and being grateful for those people that can take it, take, you know, right. can take those hits. No different than Sherry taking the test that you gave her on the beach or like, you know, <laughs> right. yeah, I see what you're going and with. obviously yeah, yeah. Right. she she's she's up for it and so what a blessing that you guys are there and uh I can't thank you enough for being here this has been a great a great uh a great uh talk and just uh really appreciate it thank you for listening to mana if you have any questions or recommendations for future guests send them to manapodcast at gmail.com